You're listening to the HR Mixtape, your podcast with the perfect mix of practical advice, thought-provoking interviews, and stories that just hit different so that work doesn't have to feel, well, like work. Now, your host, Sherry Simpson. Joining me today is Kyra Matkovich, Principal Human Resource Business Partner at Exact Sciences. Kyra has over 25 years of business and HR experience in multiple industries, including biotech, healthcare, insurance, nonprofit, and government. Her passion is people and creating meaningful work experiences by helping organizations connect HR initiatives with business strategy, with a special emphasis on fun, collaboration, and leadership development. Kyra, thank you so much for jumping on the podcast with me today. I am excited to be here. I know we've been talking about this for a while, and so I'm raring to go. So this is one of our fun episodes where I scour the internet for some great, (laughs) juicy HR questions, and we tackle them together. So I'm so glad you were able to jump on this one with me. I think we're going to have a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I I always love these sort of juicy HR questions, and they're fun to wrestle with. Yep. All right. So we'll start with this one. We have an employee who claims head of household and single. She also listed her emergency contact as her spouse. Is this something I can ask her about to see if there's been a mistake? So I have questions as a result of the question. I mean, part if, if this was happening in my organization, for example, I think I would first ask when we say um, claiming head of household and single, I'm assuming they're talking about the W, uh, the W4. And, um, you know, for me personally, I don't know that it would raise a red flag in any way, just because, you know, it has more to do with how they are, how withholdings are being handled. And so if you submit a W4, you can mark it as single, it takes out higher taxes, really where the rubber meets the road is how is this person, um, submitting their tax return, which we would have no say, no state, you know, over anything in any opinion. I mean, at the end of the day, that's between this employee and the IRS. Um, I think I might pull the employee aside just to ask, you know, maybe it was an oversight. Maybe it was, you know, I I don't know. Um, But I would just bring it to their attention. Like, hey, I noticed that um, you submitted your W-4, you marked uh, head of household and single. I noticed on your emergency contact that you um, have a spouse and, you know, it's really none of my business. I don't need to dive into it. I just want to make sure you know, that, that you were aware of that. If you wanted to update your W-4, for example, or something like that, like maybe she just recently got married. I don't know. Um, I think that's kind of where I would leave it though, because I just, you know, unless we're starting to get into details regarding benefits and, um, you know, maybe claiming somebody as a spouse and they're not, they don't meet the criteria either as a spouse or a significant other or a partner. Um, Cause I know many States have specific laws that are related to that or how the, the benefits are actually written um, in the plan. Um, you know, and, unless we have those types of questions, I don't know that I would dive into it any deeper than that. Yeah. I probably wouldn't even go that step that you went, I think I'm more apt to be like, mm, taxes. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's for you to handle. And I might apt myself to send a reminder out towards the end of the year, like, hey, make sure your taxes are correct. Um, Cause you're right. Like that's 
we're not accountable for that. And we definitely do not want to be giving tax advice. Exactly. Exactly. And I would be very clear on that. I think some, because I have had employees where they did get married and they hadn't thought about updating their W-4. And so it's really more about bringing it to their attention. I don't care what they do with it. You know, I mean, I also know that I'm sure, luckily I'm in an organization, I don't have to deal with this at all. Um, But I know many of our colleagues that do, and that is coming towards the end of the year when people start, well, you didn't take out enough taxes and all these things. And it's like, well, actually that's, that's on you. That's not for us to determine. So that's, that's on your W4 and whatever it is that you turn into us, that is how we withhold period. Absolutely. All right. Here's our next one. Okay. With a Thanksgiving potluck at work, would you word it as that, or would you rename it autumn potluck? Trying to be mindful of all the employees Mm. wondering what others do. Yeah, I I think that's totally fair. I I try to be thoughtful around when it comes to holidays. I I, I think in the U.S., Wow, that's that's tough. I'd have to I'd have to think about that. I think if there's a committee, that's a, a question that I would pose and just say, you know, hey, maybe this is something that we can survey our employees on and how they feel about it. Um, you know, I'm just thinking if if this is a U.S. based company and Thanksgiving is a U.S. holiday, I, I think I'm a little less concerned about it. Um, but I think it's fair because maybe, I mean, just thinking about. Um, you know, not everybody celebrates that holiday for a number of reasons, whether, you know, they just don't celebrate holidays at all for religious purposes, or they don't acknowledge it for um, other reasons, in, um, indigenous um uh, employees, for example, um, may not acknowledge Thanksgiving as a holiday. I think that's totally fair. I mean, I, I would try to um, provide a much larger net of inclusiveness and, um, you know, maybe call it an autumn potluck or, um, you know, some something along those lines, I think. Yeah, I think the more you can pull out some of those traditional mm-hmm. names, you could just say seasonal, mm-hmm. or you could maybe link it to one of your values at your organization. Mm-hmm. There's definitely ways around using that particular word. So I totally agree. Yeah, exactly. And I'll just add, like in my organization, we do potlucks quite a bit, um, and we very rarely tie it to a holiday. It might be around a holiday, but we don't call it a holiday anything. Um, And so it's really more, you know, our monthly potluck or, um, you know, we do one in October and, um, you know, we just call it the October potluck. (laughs) Love that. All right. This one's a little bit longer, so our listeners will have to bear with me as I read through it. Anonymous, so company and individuals are not identifiable to protect confidentiality. Seeking advice on a situation, we have a new C-suite leader, male, a female direct report admin assistant, has come to me with some complaints, concerns about how he addresses her. The feedback is that he's often very condescending. I've listened, listened and provided some coaching to the employee. Some of the things reported initially could have just been taken out of context. Today, the employee reported that the leader asked her opinion on a project, and when she elaborated, he interrupted to say, just stop talking. You have a lot of very disorganized thoughts, and just because you think them doesn't mean they should come out of your mouth. Um, In addition, he made an inappropriate comment alluding to his 
when she was talking about emails in his junk folder. She did not address with him, but the comment made her uncomfortable for obvious reasons. Here's where I'm seeking advice. Obviously, there needs to be further conversations on this and follow up with this leader. If true, the behavior is unacceptable. I'm just getting to know this leader and I am his HR business partner. Who in the organization is best to have the conversation with the leader regarding the situation? One, me, his HR VP. I'm at a director level. Two, the VP of HR keeping it a C-suite conversation. Initially, I was ready to deal with this myself, but I'm second guessing and considering suggesting our VP should handle it instead. VP has already been appraised of the situation. Does this make a difference for which one of us handles this as long as the proper process is followed? Thoughts? <laughs> okay, so this is juicy. Um, I, there are a number of things that stand out uh, to me. I, I, I mean, I, of course, I'm going to zero in on the, the inappropriate comment related to the junk folder. Um, you know, I, I, I feel like there's a number of things that are happening. That one, though, is starting to kind of raise the red flags on uh, sexual harassment um, kind of claims. Um, and so that's definitely something that I would probably want to investigate. Um, you know, and then there's just a, he, he just sounds like a, a gem of a leader. Um, <laughs> you know, definitely somebody we'd probably all want to work for being facetious, of course. Um, you know, I, I, I think there's a number of coaching, uh, issues here. Um, if, so just speaking from my perspective, if, if this was somebody that I was supporting as their HR business partner, regardless of my level, that's a relationship that I feel like I need to establish. And hopefully at this point in time, it sounds like, you know, this is kind of a new C-suite leader, you know, how long have they been with the organization? Um, so that was the part that, you know, maybe that relationship hasn't been established yet. Um, I would also be curious who they are uh, reporting to. I'm going to make the assumption that maybe directly to the CEO, perhaps, um, in which case then the VP of HR would be, you know, typically the one that's supporting that individual. Um, and so... You know, I, I, if it were me, I would probably broach the co the topic with the leader um, and just let them know, you know, here here's what I'm hearing. And, um, you know, just want to reiterate what our expectations are in the organization, appropriate, um, you know, types of communications, talk about our leadership behaviors and expectations. Um, you know, that particular comment, you know, it was raised uh, totally inappropriate for these reasons. Um, document that conversation. Um, and then I would probably loop back. It sounds like VP of HR is already aware. Um, but then also loop in, um, the, the, their direct supervisor, assuming the CEO, um, just making them aware of the situation. Um, and then of, of course, documenting all of this, because then if it happens again, then we've got a different conversation. Um, it just sounds to me, so there's, like I said, there's a couple of different issues here. One is the inappropriate comment. And then the other one is um, just some really questionable um, leadership capabilities and communication that I would want to coach on. And then it's just really, is the organ, is this, um, you know, the type of behavior that's condoned within this organization? How are they actually going to hold this person accountable? Um, you know, it, is this behavior that is typically swept under the rug? Uh, hopefully not. But, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, HR 
Um, we're not always the decision maker. We're an advisor. And, you know, depending on how the CEO wants to proceed, that's kind of sometimes where we're, where we're stuck. Document the crap out of it, though. <laughs> Uh, for sure. <laughs> um, and I liked your comment about, you know, is this the kind of organization, do they allow this behavior? You know, I think sometimes it's, it's a really great tool to go back to your values and say, mm -hmm. like, hey, one of the things that we value in our organization is uh, maybe it's growth, right? And so if you have somebody that's maybe younger and the ideas they're bringing to you aren't as developed as somebody who's more senior, there's a way to have that conversation than obviously the way this leader approached that. So um, I think you're absolutely right about that, how you how you kind of tackle this. And, you know, this might be to the point where you are talking termination potentially, you know, depending upon quite possible. Yeah. Yeah. Where 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 the organization is and how the CEO thinks about some things. You know, I've been in organizations where behavior like this would would be a last and final conversation and just be like, this is not how we think. That's exactly right. And, and, and again, it's, you know, if this is stuff that is just sort of coming up and we haven't addressed it yet, then I'm, I'm all about like, Hey, let's give somebody a chance to correct the behavior. And, and I mean, I don't know that I see anything as it's written here, egregious, if it is, you know, for instance, if we did launch an investigation specifically around that comment, the inappropriate comment, I think I would want to explore that a little bit more, like what exactly was that comment and kind of provide the context of that. Um, you know, could that be a terminating factor, perhaps, um, you know, but I would want to have a pretty serious conversation with this individual, say, in this organization, this is completely unacceptable. And, you know, it's not aligned with our values. You're, you know, teetering on illegal behavior behavior and um, that it will not be tolerated and then leave it at that. And then if, if they choose, I mean, hopefully they would lean into that uh, feedback and, um, you know, change their behavior. But of course, if they didn't, then I don't know that I would wait on any termination like that would, they're gone. Yeah. We're not tolerating that. <laughs> All right. Next one's up. Uh, I have an employee who has a drinking problem. This mm. is not the first time she's called out of work for multiple days while on a bender. The last time I walked her through getting counseling, I'm not sure what else to do to help her. I hate having to terminate her due mm -hmm. to attendance because it will probably only make her worse. What would you all do? Oh, man, this is hard. Um, so unfortunately, I, I've had similar situations. Um, you know, the reality is people are not going to get help unless they want it. I think if... If I had already provided some information, you know, first of all, I think, are we making, are we making an assumption about a drinking problem? Like, you know, I, I'm just curious about how we're gathering this information. How do we know it's a drinking problem? How do we know it's not something else going on? Um, again, it, with the employees that I support, I, I have a pretty tight relationship with. And in the case that I'm thinking of, um, this individual came to me directly saying, I've got a problem. Um, now, if they hadn't shared that um, and we were dealing with attendance, I mean, obviously, I would come alongside that employee and say, okay, you know, um, we're, we're seeing a pattern. Here are some of our concerns. I do want to share with you, you know, some different resources that might be available, whether it's through EAP. You know, certainly we've got leaves and accommodations if you, you know, need to pursue um, some support in terms of rehab or, you know, something along those lines. But at the end of the day, you know, if they are choosing 
not to do those things and they're not following up and they continue to have attendance issues, then I would hold them accountable for the attendance issue. To me, the reason why they're not there is sort of irrelevant. Um, but it, again, it, I, it's it's a really hard thing because obviously you care about your employees. You want to walk alongside them. You want to understand, you know, hey, what's going on? You know, is there something that we can help you with? You know, maybe, maybe are there stressors that we can, you know, maybe help you find other resources for? Um, you know, are, are there other things that are going on at home that may be triggering for some of these things? And maybe we can, you know, find a, uh, help them find a better schedule that works for them. Like maybe they can come in a little bit later or whatever. I don't know, you know, different types of accommodations, you know, but again, at the end of the day, I I think these are some of the things that make HR really, really hard because you care about people and you don't want to see them struggling in this way. And the answer sometimes is so clear to us, you know, here's a resource for you. Go get help. Um, Take a leave of absence. Focus on um, on getting well, but if they choose not to do that, you know, you're sort of left with, you have to treat them like an adult you have to treat them in the same way that you would everybody else. And if there's an attendance problem, regardless of really what the issue is, and you've, you've extended help and they're not accepting the help that you're offering related to that. I mean, we're kind of stuck in a situation where you do have to hold them accountable. Yeah, I had a, a situation in my career where somebody had um, documented performance concerns. We had gone through, you know, several iterations, you know, performance improvement plan, the whole bit. Um, and when it got to the time of actually needing to pull the trigger on termination, this person was about eight months expecting. Mm. And it was so very, very hard as an HR person and as a female and as a mom and, and all the kind mm-hmm. of the but that's where you double check, right? You make sure you've done all the things like everything you just talked about, right? Having the honest conversation, talking about accommodations, getting creative about solutions, using your EAP, you know, from a risk perspective, right? Have you done everything possible to set this person up for success? And and typically, I think most of us would go like above and beyond what we necessarily mm-hmm. to do legally. Um, but at the end of the day, yeah, you got to hold them accountable to performance expectations, especially if you've been very clear about it. If you've been very clear about what's expected, you have to hold people to that. It's just, yeah. it's a tough part of being an HR person. It is hard. I mean, it's just, you know, I, I put this even in, in, you know, if you were looking at it from a, a personal perspective and what are the types of things that, you know, maybe you're doing to enable somebody's behavior and we don't want to do that either. You know, I mean, I think that you can handle the situation in a very compassionate, supportive way. And we can provide them with different resources. And I mean, I'm even, I've gone to extents where I've made some phone calls for them just to say, like, let me gather some information for you to help you. But if they don't want the help, you know, what are you going to do? Yep. All right. On to our next tough one. Uh, Again, warning, this is a little bit longer. So as a seasoned HR executive with 14 years of HR experience, I've never experienced anything like this. I lead a people function for a very lean software development company. Recently, I had my annual with my CEO in which he had nothing to say about my performance and he just spit out random words to have something to say. I guess to be, quote, standard, who knows. He found out that I'm pursuing my PhD online. 
And the majority of his talk was that he didn't support that and we would have a different conversation should I pursue further education. Keep in mind, he has no degree, nor does he care about the value of education. This I know to be true. He also approved a raise, but only half now and half in six months. All of that being said, he has not communicated with me on work things since then. I've sent multiple messages, requests, etc., all related to things internally. Nothing. I see him active in other areas, and he's just completely ignoring me. Does he feel bad for what he said, <laughs> hoping I'll quit? Like, what's the deal? Honestly, capping my continuing education when I pay out of pocket really just demotivated to me. What mm. would you do? Oh, man. Well, this is the CEO. I mean... <sighs> I think I would have a pretty serious heart to heart with that person and just say, listen, I'm, you know, the, the, first of all, the feedback is really important to me. I want to make sure that I am, you know, operating in the way that you would expect for this organization. And, you know, I go into that. And then the flip side of that is, you know, I am pursuing higher education for these reasons. You know, it's not necessarily because I'm expecting a higher title or higher salary. This is something that I'm doing for myself as part of my own personal continuing, um, uh, continuous learning and continuing education. Um, you know, and really, you know, to me, I feel like this is a complete, um, misalignment of values. And that one's really tough because if you're working for an organization that doesn't share the same values that you have, and it sounds like the CEO is probably intimidated by this person, um, you know, because they are pursuing education and, you know, maybe it's threatening to them for some reason. Um, you know, I, I just don't know that that's going to be, it's going to get any better. Um, I also think that it's, it's hard. Obviously we're just reading these off the internet. So you're only getting one side. Of the <laughs> right. Story. So, you know, if I was this leader, I might be the CEO, I might be wondering you know, are they able to focus on work? There mm -hmm. would be some additional questions I'd want to ask as a of leader. Of course. Um, so that could be uh, that could be in the mix as she's making an assumption it has to do with her higher education. It really could be like, hey, I hired you to do this role. And if you're going to be focusing on a PhD, which I know is a lot of work, you're going to be taking away from, you know, the job here at hand. But that all goes back to let's just have an adult conversation. That's right. right? Yeah. Yeah. It's the transparency and saying, you know, hey, and, you know, and again, it's uh, we all do this. You know, I think this is human nature to some extent. We are always we create our own narratives in our head around why people are behaving the way they do. And really, the only way that, you know, for sure is by having an open conversation with them. And so asking like, you know, I, and I think also not just asking about kind of what are what are your concerns by me pursuing uh, higher education? Education, you know, do you have any concerns? Do you have any concerns about how this may or may not impact my work with um, the company? But then also sharing what your values are, you know what I mean? And just saying, this is something that's really valuable to me, um, you know, in sort of a similar situation um, that I've had in the past where I wanted to pursue education and I knew it was actually going to impact my work. Um, and I, it was really, really early on in my career and I didn't, um, 
I didn't make any sort of announcement, but I resigned. And they came back to me going, wait, 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 you know, why, why are you resigning? You know, you, you said you want to pursue education. I was like, well, yeah, because it's going to impact my hours. And they said, well, let's, let's have a discussion about that. And maybe we can find a, a way. And I just thought, you know, and that was really, really early on, but it taught me a lot around don't make an assumption about what you think, you know, it may or may not have an impact on. And so just being really honest and putting it out on the table. Now, at that point in time, if, if they're saying, you know, something that just totally rubs you the wrong way. I mean, maybe at that point you have to make a decision. Is this really where I want to be? You know, because you want to be with people who are going to be supportive of you continuously learning. Yeah. All right. I think we got time for one more. Okay. I recently took an HR manager position. I was an external hire. And after being hired, I learned I was hired over one of the generalists who was internal. Hmm. Needless to say, it hasn't been a warm and welcoming. And this person has been stonewalling me. Whenever I try to start the conversation to address it, she either is too busy, gets overly defensive, or calls him. The recruiter from my former company called and asked me if I knew this generalist because they applied to my former position, which is still open. Should I say something to the generalist? I'm honestly, okay, if she leaves, there's a huge skills gap and it's hard to develop someone who you do not trust and does not. Well, I have questions. I mean, is this, first of all, is this a reporting relationship? Like, did this person take an HR manager role and this generalist is reporting directly into them? Um, you know, because if that's the case, then I would probably handle it a little bit differently, um, just in the sense of like, hey, you know, we need to meet regularly and I'd like to build a relationship with you. I And I, I would be just transparent about the fact that I'm aware that you had applied for this role. Um, obviously that's something that you are aspiring to become. And so let me partner with you and help you build those skills and identify what those gaps are and, you know, how I can support you and stuff. Um, if there's not a reporting relationship, I mean, I, I think whoever they are reporting into, I think I would have a conversation with them just around, you know, Hey, making you aware of the fact that, you know, here's kind of how this relationship is going. I'm doing my end to, you know, try to nurture the relationship. Um, but if they're, I mean, if they don't want to reciprocate, they won't. Um, and if I found out that they had applied for a job that I had vacated, I mean, I don't know that I would even, uh, uh, why? I mean, why even bring it up? You know what I mean? Like, um, I've had that happen. I mean, and this is, this is common. Unfortunately, this is common where people do apply for a job that's available. And even if somebody does get it internally, but somebody else doesn't get it, there's hard feelings. And, you know, my guess is there's probably, um, you know, they, they feel inferior or maybe they feel embarrassed about the fact that they didn't get it. Um, there's a number of feelings that are around that. And, you know, I would just want to come alongside that, that person and just say, let's, let's work on how we can help you get there. You know, let's, let's work on why you didn't get the job in the first place. Can you, can you get some feedback on how that went? You know, is it your skill set? Is it just the way that you interviewed? Is it whatever? Um, but at the end of the day, if they don't want to engage in that, they're not going to, so you can only do as much as you can. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts? I find it, 
I find it interesting that the recruiter reached out. I mean, it, it, we don't have all the details again, so it right. could be, a, you know, basic HR reference mm-hmm, chat. Mm-hmm, you know? mm-hmm. So you just kind of get some details that way. Um, it, it is complicated, though. If it's a reporting structure, I agree. Like when she kind of made the comment about like, hey, the, the person doesn't have time for her. Well, if you're the manager, you say like, we're going to have time. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. We're gonna, we have to work together and here's my expectations and, and how we're going to work. So Exactly. You have to rip the bandaid off with that, but um, it is complicated. I once, I once was in a junior role with my education, didn't have the experience. Uh, I was really fortunate working for somebody who kind of gave me an opportunity, and I saw a job opening that I was like, oh, I, you know, this would be a great step up. It would be a great role. It was kind of in the same industry, and I remember sharing with the person I was working with at that time that I had applied for the role. Unbeknownst to me, this leader went and applied for the same role. Um, had no idea she was looking, wanted to leave the organization. I, and obviously she was more experienced than me. And I remember that feeling of just like, ugh, you know, like I wasn't ready yet. I knew I wasn't ready yet. But like to kind of be defeated that way, it would have been much better if I had had a conversation mm-hmm. and her to say like, hey, you know what? I know you applied for this role. Here's here's the deal. You know, I didn't find out until I didn't get the role and find out she got the role. And I was like, mm-hmm crazy. But um, yeah, there's hurt feelings involved with that stuff. But you hit the nail on the head about let's have a really honest conversation about how you showed up in that interview and where your skills are um, and how I can help you develop them. I mean, Mm -hmm. what a great opportunity to level up and to learn from that experience. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's a common thread, I think, in, in, in most of these questions that we discussed today. And that is, you know, there, there's a lot of uncomfortable things that happen and really the best way to handle most of them, if not all of them is just, let's have an honest conversation. You know, even going back to the question about, you know, the Thanksgiving potluck, you know, it, let's just have an honest conversation. Let's talk about our employee population. How do people feel about that? And maybe what we call it this year isn't what we call it next year. Like, let's have a conversation about how people react to this. Because at the end of the day, like, you know, we are all in this together. We spend a lot of time together and we need to understand, you know, what are people's backgrounds? How do people feel about these things? Um, and if you're creating an environment, you know, of development and honesty and transparency, like all of these things, they feel a little uncomfortable at first, but it opens doors to a much bigger conversation in the end um, and one that you can, you know, nurture one another. So it is about continuously learning. And 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 I think you learn a lot about your organization in that way. If they don't share the same values that you share, then maybe that's a, a time to say, you know what, maybe I'm ready to move on to something different, you know. Um, but I'm, I'm all for, you know, helping people to develop and, and I want to build that relationship with them. I want to have, um, I want to have a good relationship with my colleagues and my people peers and subordinates. And, um, you know, I can only do my part if they don't want to lean into that and utilize my expertise. And the thing is that you learn from each other. This isn't just about like, hey, let me help you build your gaps, but like, hey, you can help me in areas that maybe I'm not as strong in as well and build that partnership. Um, And hopefully they would be able to do that. Couldn't agree more. Uh, Thanks so much for jumping on and tackling some of these uh, unique HR questions that exist out there in the uh, webverse for us. (laughs) Well, I'm always happy to. These are always fun. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. You can find show notes and links at thehrmixtape.com. Come back often and please subscribe, rate, 
and review.